You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, Internet? It's Brandon. And it's Alex. And we're filmmakers. And we're both back together. We are. And we're drinking bourbon. And we're drinking bourbon. It's all back. Cheers. Back where we started. Cheers, man. Man. Plastic cup, so we didn't get much of a chink. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Mm. think you're allowed to say that. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, You know what? This is a great, this is a good episode already. We're back in the saddle. We're drinking Bullet. This is great. We are. I got I got it, no qualms. It almost feels like old times again. <laughs> no qualms. I almost feel like I know you. It's like it's, it's like two years ago. Yeah. When it all started. Y- you seem familiar. Have we back, met? Have yeah. We... But it was back. It was back when you were married. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, we. I might not be. Yeah. So I heard you left it at a cliffhanger. <laughs> I I left a cliffhanger to the whole world that you might not be married. What did, for, you, what did you tell them? I kind of I told them that they would have to tune in, mm, and now we're back, so we got to tell them the story. People are wanting to know. There piece was the puzzle again. There was a moment of panic. Ah, uh, there's about forty eight hours of panic. <laughs> yeah, not, not a little so, more than a moment. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I get on my end. I'm at home and I get a text or a phone call from uh, no a text from Alex a text, that's yeah. like uh, a very panicky text with a hey, lot of exclamation. He, points. he was like, "Hey, do you have our marriage certificate?" And I'm like, uh, no. And then all of a sudden, like, panic induces. Yeah. Because if you're a listener of the show, you may or may not know, I I performed Alex's wedding. So I married him um, and his he, wife. He married me. And I remember the night of the wedding. I remember. Because there's whenever you officiate, you get a form. I'm glad someone remembers you, that night. <laughs> and you have to tear off the bottom of the form. I sign a part. I tear it off. I give it to someone. I remember before I left, I gave it to, I believe, your trusty best man, Joel, mm-hmm. who put it in a car, I believe. Or somebody got it. Mm-hmm. And then I mailed my thing in. I was certain of it. Uh, my you wife, were certain that somebody might have potentially my, had it. My <laughs> wife is very uh, responsible. She makes sure that... In those situations, when I'm fulfilling my pastoral duties, that uh, she makes sure it gets sent in. Yeah. But then I started second guessing because I'm like, what is happening right now? It turns out you were like in London or you were on your way. You were on your way to Portugal. We were leaving the next day for London and then Portugal. And so here I'm thinking you're going to be like, you know, abducted on the terror watch list or something. We, uh, We had plans to just get married overseas somehow. We're like, if we're not married, we'll just do it and never tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have two anniversaries, mm. a faux anniversary and a real right. anniversary. Right. So for a while there, you literally were you were a little nervous about this. Yeah, we thought the last two years of our lives might be a lie. <laughs> we were living a lie to the entire oh, world. Oh, man. These That's bands crazy. on our fingers were mean, just symbols of lie. Meaningless. <laughs> Nothing but lies. So my wife, she, of course, is like, this can't be right. So she gets online. She digs up the records from the county where they got married. Mm -hmm. And there it is. We found it. There was hard ink. Everything was sent in. Everything was by the book. We were able to forward that to Alex and give you a little bit of relief. Yeah. And basically- Still didn't quite believe it yet. Basically, (laughs) at the end of the day, you guys just didn't pay your $2 to get a marriage certificate, right? What we didn't know is that they no longer- So when we got back, we called them. They are like, yeah, we no longer just send those out. We used to. You have to actually, you know, come in, pay two bucks, and we print it off for you. Yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Woo. So. Married. You are married. 
Yeah. Congratulations, man. Thanks, man. Cheers. Thank yeah. Cheers. Oh, yeah. To the second, Cheers second to nuptials. Actually being married for yeah. two years. Yeah. So where you were out of tent, you were out of the country. I was out of town. Yeah. yeah. What, what were you guys doing? Uh, resetting our entire beings. Nice. <laughs> yeah. We went awesome. to Portugal for 10 days, three different cities. That's cool. Yeah. Why good. Portugal? Uh, Kristen had studied in Spain. So she kind of knew the culture area a little bit, you know. The language wasn't going to help you. No. Consider. <laughs> Portuguese is like a mix between <laughs> Russian, French, yeah. and Spanish. And yeah, it's hard to understand. <laughs> we know a few things and that was it. Obrigado. Thank so you, you guys you guys hung out, you you ate, you drank wine, you took romantic walks, all that stuff? Yeah, I'm not like really romantic. We more like trekked through yeah. old Moorish castles and palaces of kings past and So you guys awesome. are you guys into like history and stuff like that? Totally. Yeah. All right. See my wife is like old stuff, old stuff, old stuff. Let's go get some frozen yogurt. <laughs> Eclectic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, man, we saw yeah. all sorts of stuff. I, I took a bunch of digital uh, photos, if you follow me on Instagram, which I think are, it was just the landscapes were amazing. Did you get and some hallways? Tons of hallways. <laughs> tons of looking up at light fixtures. Nice. Tons of, you know, the key Alex Instagram The key posts. Instagram, yeah, yeah. Uh, good, but I man. also took uh, nine rolls of 35 millimeter film. Nice. Look at yeah, you. I took my light meter over Fant- and tried to do it uh, right. Vintage. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So those get to L.A., a lab out in LA tomorrow. Man. And then get scanned and uploaded and processed Fancy. and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. they probably won't look as good as the fo- the pictures on your phone. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably that's, not. Let's keep it real. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Well, I leave uh, Saturday. Yeah. And we're going to, for our 15-year wedding anniversary. Where we are, are married. <laughs> Unlike <laughs> you God. were. Are you sure? Uh, well, you we want me to do, do some digging? I want to double check that. Yeah. You want to find your number? We're going to um, Phoenix and Sedona. That's awesome. We're going out to the desert. So, he, well, we were going to do the Pacific Coast Highway, but it's crumbling right now. It's like it, mudslides, like fires, landslides. It's just Big it's crazy. Yeah. So all of Big Sur is just like a hot mess. And Shut down. The place we were going to stay at, um, literally the bridge like is blown out, and the only way to get to where we were going on was uh, via helicopter. Do it. So <laughs> they, they are actually using this hotel we were going to stay at as like a triage unit for people that actually live there. Because wow. you can't get in and out. It's crazy. That's insane. It's nuts. So, so we, you're going to the desert. We made a last-minute decision, and we were like, okay, we want to go somewhere where there's no hurricanes. We want to mm-hmm. go somewhere where there's no tornadoes, where there's no wildfires because there's no trees. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only scorpions and a lack of water. Perfect. <laughs> so we decided <laughs> we're going to the desert. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can, like, rent a mobile home and make some meth. Yes. There so, you go. yeah, pretty excited about that. That should be pretty fun. Mm. Um, oh, there's a pretty cool thing in Phoenix, I think. It's called the Musical Instrument Museum. So we're going to kind of, I'm going to check that I out. I wonder what that has to do yeah. with. <laughs> I'm going to check that out. It's going to be sweet. Yeah, it's right up your alley, man. Yeah, but we missed, a exhibit? we missed the uh, the <clears throat> Sedona Film Festival by like a day. Mm. Like it's it's happening like right before we get to Sedona. Dang. That's another one that Kill Game could have gotten rejected from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> rejected again and again and again. Uh, so Funny. But anyway, that's cool. So uh, aside from travels and all that Dang. stuff, uh, I mean, are you hitting the ground running now that you're back? You got yeah. what are you what are you working on? What do you got going? Oh, uh, let's see. I've got a few a bunch of meetings lined up, talking to a few cool projects that I can't talk about yet. Sure. Um, I work on the 31st with our dudes in town, Epiphio. Nice. Uh, let's see. Then I go out to LA. So Sweet. I might actually be putting together. A little meet and greet of my own. Wow, there you go. Out in L.A. I hope so. Yeah, there's um, good peeps out there. 
Yeah, since I've only been to one out of like <laughs> 10 so far. I put together one of my own. But I'm um, doing a music like video out in LA mid-June. So I'll be out there from like the 8th or 9th through the 15th. All right, cool. So that'll be cool. So if you're out in LA, uh, you listen to the show, be on the lookout on the Slack group. Yeah. Go to fdbpodcast.com, at fdbpodcast. Uh, join the Slack group, and I'm sure it's going to get promoted there first. Um, totally. Hopefully Alex will uh, hang out with you guys. Yeah. Get to know him a little bit. You can show me some cool bourbon spots in L.A. True. So that's cool, man. Yeah. What are you, uh, um, what are you doing? What have you been up to since We finished up a, that beauty piece we worked on. That Roger and I talked about last yep. week. Yeah. It's not quite done yet. Um, but but you just said you finished it up. Well, it's close. They're doing testing so on lied. version A and version B. Yeah. Once it gets, then we'll get the final tidy, tidy-o and send her out. Cool. What's so, the uh, that was fun. drop date on that? I have no clue. Uh, meh. Don't know. Uh, we've been doing a lot of little social media stuff. We did some time-lapse photography, filming some products. Um, we did some <clears throat> cool stuff with... Uh, an artist who does hand-drawn type with product. So she was using the hair product, same brand, and they were using a hair product to spell cool words. It's pretty amazing. She was unbelievable. Hmm. So we filmed that, time-lapsed it, all that oh, sort of yeah. jazz. Oh, yeah, I saw the BTS about that. Yeah, and then um, we, what else are we doing? Oh, uh, just finished up, went yesterday down to Louisville to, to get some pickup shots. We are finishing a project for a rock climbing company. Yeah. Um, it's all about like, you know, if you're, when you're a rock climber, you're always on the wall, you know, even yeah. if you're at work or in your car, you're thinking about that route, you know, didn't you go out to the gorge to do the route? Something? Yeah. We went down to the to Red River Gorge and that was, I learned a lot about action sports. It's really hard. <laughs> it's like you need, I, I decided I would never do that again. All right. And Trump. I thought this I, yeah. would be easier. Yeah. <laughs> I would never do that again without, um, and bring a ton of gear. I would, I would probably just shoot with the Osmo. Yeah. Which, which that's what I did down there. We were at the climbing gym and I shot all the sequences, all the climbing sequences with the Osmo, the the handheld, the handheld one. No, I was on the ground. I I put it on like a, like a, like a, um, broomstick and got some amazing like jib type shots where I just kind of like started low and just pushed it up in the air and the stabilizer looks amazing. And and the, the footage looks great. The camera looks great. The world we live in now. Yeah. It's nice. That little hand, the little, uh, inspire on camera or whatever. So I got the pickup shots with that. Um, X5 or X3. Yeah, I mean, it looks good. Good enough. Yeah. Good enough for me. I've seen some great stuff from this. So um, so that was kind of fun. I have been uh, was able to get my hands on and, and play around a little more with the C300. So yeah. we up you know upgraded from the C100 to the C300. And, you know, I've got a few thoughts on this. Can I share them? Sure. Okay. I know you, we talked a little bit a about lot of color people, profile stuff. A lot of people think that, well, they know that I'm that I just – have preferred Canon over the years. It's something that seems easy to use, but and I had big expectations for the C three hundred, but I'm split on this thing because Why? it gets a great image and it's got all the power you need from a pro level camera, but it's it's just bulky. It's like the same exact once size. you no, it's not man. <laughs> like once you like I I the C one hundred you could just throw on the handle and go. Yeah. With this one, you got to throw on the handle, plug in the video audio cables. You got to put on the, in addition to the handle, you got to put on the screen, which on the C3, the C100, it was just already on there. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously nicer. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's, it's just a little heavier and a little more cumbersome than what I was used to with the C100. And um, it's just like, it's very, it's just complex, right? So for, 
for internal branded content, run and gun type stuff, like there's just a lot of menus and a lot of options to like tweak it to your heart's content because it's made for like high end, you know, pro level stuff. It's made for a DP to get his hands on and you know what I hear right now and is love wah, the. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just keeping it real. Like you know, you know, at, since I'm not a DP, yeah, I'm a, you know, oh, I'm yeah, a, I get you. I'm an entry level operator um, who totally. happens to be an award winning cinematographer. <laughs> But let's just, you know, I've won a few awards for cinematography. Yeah. Um, but those awards have been won on the backs of the Canon YDR setting, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, you know, me, I, you know, I just, if I'm doing branded content, I just don't want to take a ton of time to have to grade it. And I just, sometimes the budget doesn't allow for that. So I love what the, the YDR setting on the color profile does with the, with the Canon and I was frustrated at first with the C300 because it's like there's no easy button that says here's the YDR setting. Yeah. So on the C300 they call it something different like 105B or something. It's like a mm. it's like another number, but I looked in the manual and it was like, "Oh yeah, this is the setting when you, where you don't need to to color correct." Hmm. It gives you most dynamic range without color correction. And sure enough, it was the same. And it's nice. So I shot yesterday with it, mm-hmm. and it looks great. Now you're happy? Yeah, I'm, I'm back. Uh, okay. So I'm cool. a simple guy, you know what I mean? There's just like, I'm all about doing it right, but like I know when to do it right. So there's projects when it's like you throw everything at it, you bring in the team who does, you know, you get Roger and you and, and whoever and you, you kill it. Yeah. Then there's a time where it's like, man, I just need to go pick up this shot and get this done and ship it. Totally. And, um, you know, but so, some saying. of that stuff is, some of that stuff is some of my favorite stuff that has a really realistic, nice feel that's raw and mm-hmm. edgy and brands really kind of like that stuff. So that's the stuff you win awards with. That's the stuff I've won awards for. <laughs> yeah. That's also awesome. now you've got you, it set you've up. You've won awards for the nicer stuff. So you've got it set up now. You can just pick it up and go. You know, you can spend yes, the, uh, I did, well, I, I 30 just, extra seconds. I spent enough, so. enough time with it this past week that now I've, I feel really good about it. Nice. But out of the box, there's a little steeper learning curve. Yeah, which you would expect with a you know the the next level up, sure. I guess. But but now I did NAB. Did the rumors come true? Are they making a C two hundred, which is basically the C one hundred four K? I I've, I've heard a lot. Yeah, I've heard everybody like all the yeah the internets are saying that's what's going to happen. And I've heard C two hundred, C one hundred Mark three. Yeah. I've heard all sorts of stuff. I mean, they have the C seven hundred out now that only like five people in the world have seen in real life. Right. So, you know, I, I don't. know. They're becoming more. Black Magic E or Sony E, where they have yeah. fifty thousand offerings, and it's like, well, if you want sixty P, buy the next model. No, yeah. just put it into one. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Anyways, enough camera talk. We'll see. You uh, know, I like camera talk, but yeah. it also gets a little. Gets pretty boring. Yeah. What have you been watching, man? Anything so good? Much. Oh yeah. my god. Do you guys watch stuff on the trip or no? Yeah, we watched five movies uh, on the way. Pay-per-view, or did you guys... <laughs> no, we were on like a... Preload them? Boeing, so 787 over, the mm. new Dreamliner. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that like catches fires on the batteries and stuff. Nice. <laughs> and then uh, 747, the double-decker one on the way back. Uh, and cool. I watched here, I, I made a list, because we watched so many. And you'll be happy, because I finally caught up on some good ones. Oh, nice. I watched Silence. I don't know if I've seen that one. Um, Scorsese, the one about... Oh, okay, uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Portuguese missionaries yeah. in Africa, Japan. Do you like it? Amazing. It was like three hours long, but yeah. so good. Uh, Lion. I have not seen it yet. It's on my list. Oh, don't ruin it. I heard God. it's great. That was our favorite by yeah. far out of the five, like tears. 
Yeah. Shedding tears on a flight. Nicole Kidman, man. She's good. The little kid. That's good. Oh, the little kid in that is amazing. Okay. Um, Moonlight. Finally watched Moonlight. Great film. It's amazing. It's I, I was but really do you agree with, with me on that? It's like it's simple. There's no frills. No, no it's no. a it's a classical approach to film. A lot of lockdown shots. Hardly very little movement. But there's a lot of handheld though. Yeah, but I mean, as far yeah. as like not like slick yeah. dolly moves or steady no. cam. It's very raw. I, I appreciate yeah, it. I really like it a lot. Um, Nocturnal animals. I want to see that really bad. Intense, really yeah. intense and really odd. It's not kind of structured the way you'd expect. Mm-hmm. But since it comes from Tom Ford, who's just now kind of doing movies. Fashion designer. Yeah, it, you'd expect something a little different, and it delivers. One of the most intense movies I've seen in a long time. It's got Amy Jake Adams Gyllenhaal. And, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, that. Anything with Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be great. He's fantastic. He's the best actor of our time. I, I'm tending to agree with you. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I've been saying this. He's I know. He's legit, uh, man. I, the guy is hardcore. I, between Jarhead... Nightcrawler, you know, movies like that, and then Dude, now this. He's he's brave. You know, I don't know. The Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, may be his best work mm, yet. <laughs> look, everyone has that moment. Uh, and then finally, uh, La La Land. I, you know what? Let's talk about La La we Land for La a second. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Go ahead. Overrated. Really? Yeah. I I <clears throat> I was a fan. It it's I, a I like it's good. Yeah. To me, the end was the best part. The montage at the end right. saved the film for me. If that wasn't there, the film for me was a throwaway. Hmm. It was just, just okay. Poppy, happy. I don't, no, I just don't. I don't think it was that great. I don't think it was that great of acting. I don't think the story was that great. I think as far as, far as musicals, Disney's High School Musical was better. Never saw that. I We're heard that. all in this together, ever, ever. The one Wildcats. Here we go. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Well, that was like a pure musical. What I, what I, La La Land was interesting because it wasn't totally a musical. There were musical interludes and stuff like that, but then there was a lot of know, traditional. It was, film. it was, it was good. I'm not taking anything away from Damien. Um, yeah. But it was definitely not better than his first film. No. Uh, have, Whiplash. Well, I have some issues. No, with it. no way it was better than Whiplash. I have issues with it in the fact that um, it won best cinematography over Lion. Which I mm-hmm. thought Lion was absolutely gorgeous, raw, the way it was super appropriate. Right. Uh, you know, La La Land's a completely different style, but it, in my opinion, was not nearly as good. I, I don't think in 10 years people are going to look back and say how a they're going to say, oh, La La Land was amazing. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to say they're going to remember Moonlight. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a great film. Just watch um, Lion, and you'll be blown. Away. And I think people are going to remember Whiplash. Whiplash was good, man. Never saw it. It's intense. Still, day, oh man! It. Once you see Whiplash, you'll be like, oh dude, he lost his. He, yeah, it was just okay. But it's a totally Studio different movie. And I'm not oh, a Ryan Gosling fan. Da, 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 da. I love Ryan Gosling. I am not. And a I fan. just didn't. It was. He plays the same character in every movie until the final. Hey. Until the final. Mon- I'm a hot guy. Until the final montage. You're a pretty girl. It was ruined. Let's do something. I just, I just didn't Gosling. think it had anything going. And scene. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's I not, get you. Not appropriate. I don't uh, know. It was. I'm just. I didn't buy into the hype. Um, I enjoyed the entire movie as a whole. I'm just saying, I'm not a Gosling fan. I think uh, it wasn't the best cinematography. So enjoyable. Man, Poppy. We're harsh today. 
<laughs> but uh, nice. Liked Lion a lot better. Oh, and then when I got home, I don't know. Have you seen Sully? Not yet. Clint Eastwood. It's good. Not yet. It's intense. Do you watch that on the plane? No, I watched it. <laughs> I watched it on the way back. Once I got home, uh, I could not have done that. You know me and flying. Uh, we've been watching uh, Mozart in the Jungle season three. Yeah, it's great. Have you watched it, any of it? Is that the one where Mowgli turns into a composer? <laughs> no, he's oh. the conductor. Uh, what's his name? Jean Bernal Garcia Bernal. I don't know. Guy who's in Babel, Motorcycle B- Diaries. Bashir. No, the little uh, the snake Mexican guy. Oh. Uh, motorcycle diaries. But no, something. Anyway, look up. Uh, Mozart in the jungle. Mozart in the jungle. He's great. It's yeah, great. yeah. I've seen the trailer. Is it's quirky. It's weird. It's kind. It's Amazon? a Coppola project. Yeah, it's on. Uh, uh, no, it's on. Yes, on Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah, it's good. <clears throat> we like it. Cool. It's, but it's quirky. It's like, it's not like your average sitcom situation. Is it funny or is it? Dramatic? Yeah, kind. It's both. Yeah. Yeah. We. Uh, I finished. Um, that gypsy show. Which it turned out great. It is, yeah. It really caught some steam. That uh, shot something shot. It's on. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You, it's on Amazon on, as well. Yeah, I didn't check that out yet. Um, dang on, I gotta find it. Too much time. Let me look it up real quick. That's fine. We've been. Uh, we just got caught up on Veep, and oh, yeah. um, Silicon Valley, which we're obsessed with. So every, I think it's every Wednesday, new episodes come out. But it, the, both of those shows are hilarious. Silicon Valley is one of the funniest things that's ever happened. TJ, what's his name? TJ Miller? Oh, my God. The big yes. dude? Oh, God. Aviato. Aviato. Are you talking about my Aviato? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a great, great show. Shut Eye. Shut Eye. Shut Eye. I finished Shut Eye. I, I highly recommend you to watch Shut Eye. It's, you're going to you're gonna have to commit, though, and you're going to have to go for the long game payoff. Because the first three episodes, you're kind of like, I don't know. This might be a B series. But I can tell you this much. It got renewed. Yeah. And if something gets renewed, it's decent. They do a full first season or like a yeah. eight episode? Yeah, full first season. season. It's oh. good, man. It's good. Huh. It's good. I and love the ending's gr- the ending is awesome. Of the first season? Yeah. I, there's a show I w- I'm interested in seeing. And I think it's – is it called Wicked? But it's the guy from Breaking Bad, the the cop. He's in it, and there's these like girls who run like a beauty shop, but they're like huh. they got some underground shit they're running. On an Amazon, it's on TNT. Oh, I saw a trailer yeah. for it. it. Looked pretty interesting. What's funny is with all these amazing shows coming out on the streaming services, it's just too many. No, well, networks are stepping up their game. Yeah, you've got some good shows on like FX, yes. TBS, TNT. Coming Absolutely. out, you know, they're coming back. TNT is actually getting in there pretty good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll see. We're excited for I know you're not, but uh Game of Thrones uh, to come yeah. back, uh Westworld. Oh, God. Sorry, the film I was referring to is called Claws. Claws. Claws is the um and it looks pretty good. I mean it's uh Claws is a midnight dark, wickedly funny meditation on female badness set in South Florida nail salon. It follows the rise of five diverse, treacherous manicurists working at a nail artisan at Manatee County, where there's a lot more going on than silk wraps and pedicures. It's a movie, not and, a series. Uh, no, it's a series. Oh. Um, uh, Nisi Nash is in it. Um, Carrie Preston. Uh, oh, the dude I was talking about was Homeboy, the guy, who, uh, the cop, the brother yeah, from yeah. Breaking Bad. The main what's, guy. What's yeah. his name? He's he was in the uh, he's in. Uh, oh. He was in my favorite movie, Starship Troopers. Was he really? Oh yeah, yeah. Huh. 
What's that guy's name? Man, I can't think of anybody's name today. Doesn't matter. Legend. Dean That's, Norris. There you go. Dean, Dean Norris is in the in the trailer. Yeah. Um, He's awesome. Cool, man. What else is going on? Well, you know, I, I'm holding these. Uh, oh, we're supposed to do a show today. What do you, a special show today. What do you call these things? Papers? Yeah. I guess they're papers in this digital age. Yeah. I, totally, I haven't seen these in a while. I was so like, I felt like we weren't even doing a show. I felt like we were just catching up since we hadn't seen each other in a while. We are, but it's okay. I'm going to bring us back into Thank you. What, we, what we have to do. Uh, Frank has been kind enough to provide us with printouts. Yes. They still have printers nowadays. Did you know that? They do. Yeah. And we're supposed to do a show where we interact with some of our Slack members. Supposed to. So where, where do we start? We've got questions and thoughts from the, from the kids well, on Slack. Yeah. Since we did our last um, Slackers episode, yeah, we've gotten a bunch of comment or, uh, questions of uh, varying. <laughs> well, we've already addressed one, F.P. Murphy. Alex huh. is still married. Is Alex married? <laughs> <laughs> that was a question. We got it. Is Alex we got it. married? Well, where do you want to start? Start uh, uh, just fine, thank you. Where's that? Right there. Okay. Yeah, start there and go uh, All right. later in the Why don't you take evening. it? Why don't you read it? Sure. Just fine, thank you. Five ni- We even got timestamps. 5.19 p.m. <laughs> what were you doing? Did you just get home from work? Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, also, I would like to hear some discussion about some of us jackasses who start film production companies in our early 30s without ever having attended film school. Maybe talk about some good online training courses. I almost don't care how much they cost anymore. Hmm. Okay. All right. So you're getting in the game late. You started a company on a whim. Maybe you bought a camera. Maybe you had a hobby and you had a camera. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. Quit your day job. Cheers to you. Start a new day job. Yeah. Online training courses. Well, Hmm. there's some top dogs out there. That I mean, off the top of my head, lynda.com has some of that stuff. Okay, stuff. Yeah, lynda.com. There's uh, if you're into cinematography, there's a dude, Shane Hurlbut, who offers a thing called the Inner Circle mm. that you can sign up for, and he has tips and tricks on how he goes about shooting his movies, pre production, post production, setting up LUTs. Are you in the Inner Circle? I did the free month and then I quit it. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're out of the circle. I'm out of the circle. <laughs> Which, by the way, I can't wait to see the sure. circle. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Anyway, I heard it was a f- uh, kind of a kind of a eh. Man, it's Tom the, re- Hanks. the reviews were poor. It's Tom Hanks. The reviews were pretty poor. Support the homie. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Shane Hurlbut. I would check that out. Um, some other ones. If you go to YouTube, there's some free stuff. Like if you cinematography yeah. database. Matt Workman. Shout out to Matt Workman. He produces in a killer show. Has some great tips and tricks. He runs a podcast. Uh, yeah. What do you think? I mean, you know, I can tell you this much. For me, I'm a physical learner versus a visual and auditory, so I need to get my hands on something and kind of you know be right in the action. I've noticed you don't listen when I speak to you. <laughs> I learned more <clears throat> at the um, NAB intensive than I'd learned in years. What was the NAB and intensive? So, well, if you go to NAB or any of these type of workshops that are they're out there, there's the um, Masters of Motion. There's a couple other mm. conference conferences, and there's you know at NAB I, I sat in on a lighting workshop. It was nine hours. Oh yeah, yeah. Nine hour lighting workshop where we were just breaking down setups, lighting, different ways to do things, three point, making a book light, doing t- you know just whatever. And that was really helpful and really yeah. sort of elevated my game to 
to where I, you know I'm now an award winning cinematographer. <laughs> so you recommend uh, <laughs> you recommend going and learning hands on uh, versus online? Yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm a fan of you know yes, cool. So I, I That's think a good way to go. I think you can really learn a lot in a short amount of time, yeah. and you know, but I, completely. But that gets expensive. You know, some of those conferences are ex- really? expensive. Five, six, seven hundred bucks. Yeah. You got to fly out. Hotel, always come to your food. City. Yeah, yeah. The That's occasional cool. uh, being lured into a strip club. That taking your money happens. Next thing you know, you're you're poor. You wake up, you know, on the top floor of the uh, yeah. Caesar. <laughs> you're you've been robbed. Yeah. Uh, Anyways. Anyway, so yeah, podcast. Uh, check out cinematography database. Uh, Hurlbut Shane Hurlbut mm-hmm. Inner Circle Linda dot com. Yeah. Another thing is you know. Find somebody you trust that's doing great stuff and offer to to help them and, and work out some sort of a mentorship type thing. You do that a lot. You're a mentor. I am a mentor. I, I just met with a new kid today. Yeah, I meant to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were on the phone the other day, and in your car, mm-hmm. you had a young gentleman that was at the same movie premiere mm. that I went to. Which I, let's address. Yeah, that yeah, real yeah. Quick. Let's talk about that. Sure. So I went to uh, me and my buddy Chris Ratledge, who's a DIT that I work with. Um, we he got two free passes to the a month early premiere of Edgar Wright's new film, Baby Driver. And so I, we were stoked. We went and we were you know sitting in the theater. Sure. Got there forty five minutes early. Got good seats. Um, you know, hey, sorry guys, you were having a few technical difficulties. You know, the movie will be right up. Is that UC? A few minutes. No, is it uh, Esquire? Oh, okay. So we're like, all right, whatever. I'll go grab a beer. We'll wait, wait another ten minutes. Maybe we'll start. Um, movie starts playing. No sound. Mm. It gets like five, six, seven minutes in. Still no sound. You know, we're seeing scenes that we shouldn't be seeing without sound. Um, they go off on a car chase. Still no sound. And all of a sudden, way in the back, one lowly, you know, audience member starts making car screeching noises and sirens and. Slowly, the entire audience like joins in a chorus of like, <laughs> they create their own soundtrack to the entire like opening sequence of the film. Oh, it's amazing! Before they shut it off, it was magical. That's great. That's <laughs> but, worth it just for that. Yeah, we left uh, before we could see the actual film, but um, it's fun. And your your nice, uh, man, your mentee was there. Yeah, he's a good kid. So David, we're gonna get him on the show. Huh. He's uh he's actually um he's at the University of Cincinnati right now. Nice. Finishing up. So is that what is that? DAP? No. CCM's CCM? electronic media program. Which is funny, it's in the College Conservatory of Music. Yeah, strange. Right? Anyway, all right, next question. All right. Uh Sam Speck, what was the last mistake you feel you made? Either on set or just doing business. All right. Mm. Let me think. I probably made one today. Um, Nothing. We're perfect. I'll tell you a mistake. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Uh, this is less of a mistake and more of a character flaw. So I'm going to be transparent with the, with everybody today. You're going to pick just one. <laughs> My <laughs> biggest character flaw when it comes to <laughs> filmmaking and creativity is I <clears throat> I lose passion and energy when I lose interest, and that becomes infectious and it affects everyone around you people working on the edit people on the crew etc and it's a really a struggle for me so if usually i'm I have a lot more energy on the front end so the creative ideation the you know all that stuff the planning storyboards that whole deal 
And when it gets time to, you know, shoot or when we're already, you know, wrapped up, um, I'm done. And, you know, I have to be really careful Hmm. about uh, my behavior. And so I I would say, you know, to answer the question, um, you know, for this specific thing, that mistake can be very costly because it can drain energy from a room when you're supposed to be the guy who's the leader and has the passion for a specific project. So um, I would advise to uh, sometimes you just got to fake it till you make it. What about you? So keep the energy up. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep – just realize that there's more going on in this world than you. Yeah. So. That's a good, good piece of advice. What about you? Last mistake I feel I made, either on set or just in doing business. Um, <clears throat> well, there's always mistakes on set that you kind of have to deal with. That's just part of the, the nature of it. I, you know, I can't think of one in particular that was – like game changing or like, oh my God, what a huge mm-hmm. one. I feel like I should talk about this. Maybe in doing business, I think uh, there have been a few relationships that have let like some time pass between connections, which have cost, you know, in, in this industry, uh, who gets the job is kind of the last, the last one on the, on mine, you know, the last person you saw, sure. you're likely to hire that person for the next gig. So there, there have been a few, uh, you know, producers, directors, uh, production companies that have I let some time slip between communications, and you know they started hiring other people, which is totally the way it goes. Uh, so to fill that void, I guess a, a way to get past that is just to keep up your network. You know, go on coffee meetings, go on lunches, go on, go get drinks with people you feel you jive with and want to work with, so they don't start hiring other people. Yeah. But yeah, that's probably the last mistake I'm in. All right. <clears throat> so, Firehouse. Uh, sure. He says, for both guys, one, I don't think we've actually heard on the show. How about pricing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a couple case studies for each about how you guys set rates and negotiations. Uh, Brandon, I know you posted something with an infographic. Um about good, better, and best, but maybe a job where you guys feel comfortable divulging the actual numbers helps a ton. I always feel like I'm undercutting myself. Do you sub out your crew out of your bottom line, which is padded to compensate, or is it itemized separately? Technical stuff. So what I we talked a little on yeah. Slack, and what I talked about with uh, Firehouse was maybe approaching it as a, a generic project, not a specific case, mm-hmm. but say, you know, how, how people go about budgeting for a project or even start. I mean, I, I'll talk about projects. Sure. So we can talk about general crew numbers. Yeah. And I stuff mean, like so I, I guess, you know, when it comes to pricing, you know, part of it is just understanding the area you're in and kind of what rates are going for. So here in, um, here in the Midwest, um, you know, a grip is going to run you around 450 to five. 550 ish. Yeah. Well, crew, so key positions around here are probably 600 bucks. Yeah. So first AC, gaffer, key grip, 600 bucks. Right. From that, best boy. Yep. Probably around 500, uh, 525, 550, something like that. Sure. And then your thirds, your grips, electrics, second AC, yeah. loader, whatever, 450. Yep. Four, 450. PAs yeah. been between 250, 350. Yeah. Producer between five hundred and seven fifty. Yeah. Um, 
director. It's just going to depend on experience. Some guys might be 500 a day. Um, my director's rate is, uh, 1800. Yeah. Do you, um, it's, so it's not a percentage thing. No, my, so as a, as a director, um, you know, I, I charge a day rate for how many days I'm on set. Yeah. So there's that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then. And since you own the company that goes back into there, does that go directly in your pocket? Yeah, no, I put it into, so when we build a budget, any internal costs, Mm -hmm. So if my team, me, Kyle, Ryan, or Colleen works on it, we still put them in the budget as a person with an actual day rate and actual numbers. Nice. That money obviously <clears throat> retains our bottom line. It's, you know, we don't, so anytime we use internal people, it's to our benefit, but we're not just saying, hey, they're included. We still charge a rate for them. Nice. <clears throat> Smart. The subcontractors like you yeah. would be charged a rate. Um Whatever the, the the rates are, DP in town is anywhere between nine hundred and nine to fifteen, usually. fifteen or yeah. whatever. Um, so, you know, obviously those things for us are are cogs, cost of goods sold that we we're having to you know constantly manage or whatnot. Um, mm. When it comes to you know rentals in, around town, I mean, you know, what's the the last Alexa package you built was what? Like, th- if you're doing thirty five hundred, yeah, around three grand for something. a day. Yeah, three grand a day uh, for Alexa. You know, same price for a Red Weapon. Right. You go down to and Sony, we charge you for a thousand bucks. Sure, we charge. You know, for gear, we we charge a kit. So I'm not going to charge just for the C three hundred. I'm going to charge for the C three hundred, the media, the lenses, the maintenance, the upkeep. So I just put it all and just say C three hundred kit. And so I think we got that right now at like twelve hundred or fifteen hundred a day, all included. Yeah, everything lenses, included to manage lenses, it, camera, data ranking, you know, all yep. that stuff. Um, our internal grip and electric kit is very small. I mean, we've got um, you know some of the um, you got some Westcott. Flexes. We got the Westcott Flex kit, which yep. is cool. Shout out the Westcott Flex. That stuff is awesome. If you haven't checked it out, we got a, a cool travel kit. Mm. Um, which so, I'm surprised about the output, dude. It's started interject crazy but. bright. They're nice. Yeah. So we've got our kit in-house is that, the the Maverick, um, the Matchbox from Cineo. Did you have Astros or did you get rid of your light panels? Got rid of them. Got rid of them. Yeah. yeah you went to Cineo. Um, cool. So, you know, a little bag with some grip stuff or whatever. So we basically charge, you know, our internal leap frame G&E kit is like 350 Yeah. And that's everything. That's lights and the whole deal. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good deal. You know, it's a, it's a small run and gun <clears throat> type setup. Yeah. Um, so there's just there's different ways you just kind of kind of vibe it out when it comes to gear I typically look at what borrowed lenses is renting for and local rental shops and kind of benchmark from there on mm-hmm. my gear rental uh, as far as crew I you know talk around town to other producers and other people and benchmark from that I look at old jobs mm-hmm. what did somebody charge me last time that's a good benchmark yeah when it comes to post post and edit rates um, again if you can find ways to um, you know kind of see what what the going rate is in town um, that's always helpful to benchmark. But for that stuff, you guys as a, as a company, you're going to have a little more overhead and probably a little higher of a rate than a guy in his apartment doing color or edit. Well, here's let me talk to that yeah. for a second. So you, you might be a freelancer, and yes, you might be um, you might be charging your rate of whatever twenty five dollars an hour. But what you got to think about is this: as a freelancer, your office is your home. That home needs heat, air, air. So think of all of your living expenses 
um, that is all part of, you know, what you need to pay for. So, you know, if you're only charging $20 an hour, you might be vastly undercharging because mm-hmm. you're not thinking of it like a business. When you look at a business, you know, when we look at our budget, you know, we're, we're trying to balance our budget based on the fact that we've got rent and all these, you know, um, sort of expendables that we've got to take care of. And so we've got to price things to meet everybody's salaries, healthcare, insurance, all that sort of stuff. As a freelancer, when you start to think about the cost of your healthcare and your housing and all that sort of stuff, it starts to add up. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just think a lot of people undersell themselves. Um, totally. And that's what and, firehouse is worried about. I'm, I'm worried about think, that I'm always yeah. underselling myself. So I think that you just got to be confident. You got to, and when somebody questions, when so if I've never had anyone question pricing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not individual pricing. They may say this is too high sure, for our project. Sure. Right. Um, but here's the thing. You just say, okay, well, what do you want me to cut? Or what do you want what do you want to sacrifice? Because I need I need to charge this price to cover my cost. I have to pay for the car that brought the gear here. I have to pay for the gas. I have to pay for my health insurance. And when you start to bring that up to clients, they they get it and they're like, okay, okay, you're right. You're Which right. is where your infographic that he referred to comes in. If you're like, here's yeah. the kind of tiers and things that we can do or don't, isn't that a better way to say, okay, on this list, what do you want to get rid of? Right. The quality, right? The di- the days spent producing, sure, et cetera. Which we are still working on that infographic. It's just been it's tough because we we don't want to release something that doesn't have good science. Yeah. So. It's getting there. It's getting in a good um, place. But, you know, in general, I mean, you know, it just depends, man. You know, what, be be savvy. One of the things that we've done in the past, you know, I've done in the past personally, is, you know, I've had friends at other companies. And I've said, hey, yeah, yeah. you what know. What are you guys doing? No, I, no, I've had friends that are, that are at companies that aren't filmmakers. Oh. And I'll say, hey, man, if you guys got a video, put it out to bid and let me know what everybody's coming back with. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you got to get crafty. And so, yeah. uh, you know, by knowing friends in, in certain places, you get a friend to, you know, call another company. And next thing you know, now you know the going rate in town because you just checked pricing from th- three different companies. Survey the landscape. Now you can be, you know, um, competitive. Yeah. There's organizations out there. I know agencies have or- organizations where – they pay into a thing and they share all of their financial info, et cetera, because they all want access to it. And mm-hmm. it's a way to benchmark. That's good. Um, so there's different ways to think about it. But ultimately, you know, here's the thing. If you're going to be successful in any business, you have to uh, keep more of the money and spend less of the money. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that the bottom of the line, if it costs you $50 in gas to go to a shoot and that car costs you, you know, whatever the percentage is of, of the usage that day and you start to add it up, lunch, and et cetera, et cetera, and it was a half-day shoot, so you spent five hours and that five hours may have cost you 250 bucks. Yeah. But you might only be charging for that five hours. You may have only charged 300 Mm-hmm. So you didn't make three hundred dollars net profit of three, fifty bucks. Yeah. So you know, there's no magic answer to this. Um, I, I think something good, uh, especially you know when you're pitching jobs and stuff like that. If you get pushback, that's a good you know metric. Like, yeah. Then you can, absolutely. If, if you've never had pushback, you're obviously underselling yourself. Yep. You have to get to a if point. If someone says, man, I don't know, that seems awfully high for a shooter. Uh, you know, hey, I, want, I wanted to get you to sh- shoot B-cam, but, man, whew, I, can't, I'm not, I can't pay 900 for B-cam. Exactly. Guess what? You're priced too high. 
Yeah. But it also, if you, you know, there's a good saying, like, if, if there's no pushback, you should have charged more. Yeah. You know, basically write it up into that point to where they start saying, eh, I don't know. I, I think we can do it, but uh, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. Then you're at the right spot. It's like Alex. He yeah. just, all of a sudden, his invoices keep increasing and increasing. It's uh, it's called inflation. <laughs> and, you know, 2% every year. It's just 3%. kidding, man. Uh, um, but that's also something to consider. That's a, it's a valid point. Uh, I'm going to take something you didn't intend for that and, and kind of push it forward. As your body of work increases, as the things you yeah. do get better and better and better, and you, as you become more in demand, your prices shouldn't stay the same. Yeah, at you some, will then be underselling. At yourself. some point, you have to level up, and you have to acknowledge that personally and communicate yeah. that corporately. And you might get pushback on on you know clients that you work with all the time. Sure. They go, "Hey, whoa, 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 why all of a sudden is it two hundred bucks more?" There's got to be a justification. You can't just raise it because right. there has to be a justification. The market is going to dictate the price. Totally. And if you keep getting work, you know you're in the right spot. Hope that was helpful. Yeah. All right. What's Mike G say? Mike G says, hey, guys, not sure if you've covered this before, but I would love to hear your tips and tricks on coaching interviewees. Cheers, Brandon. This is all yours. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So when directing, a couple things that I've found useful over time are, one, do not underestimate the time before you roll tape. That is a crucial moment. The the hello, the first hello when talent walks in the room is crucial. Set an environment of trust. If they trust you, they will work with you. If they don't trust you, they're going to be nervous. They're going to be hesitant. So you got to build that trust early on and use all the time before you start rolling tape to really focus on the talent. Now, if you're a director that really wants to be a DP or you're just itching to get into lighting, you might spend all your time tweaking with the DP on lighting and whatnot, and you're totally forgetting about your subject. Your job as a director is the talent. That's your primary job. You've got the vision for the whole piece, and you've got to get a performance out of that talent. So you got to really invest in them and build that trust early on. Now, some people are going to come out of the box firing hot, saying all the things you want them to say. Other people are not. They're going to be nervous. Don't force them to do things your way. You need to find their way and then allow them to do it their way. So I just had an interview the other day with a guy who was super nervous, one of the first times he'd ever done an interview. And I'd asked my initial question. It was about technology and whatnot. And uh, the question was fairly broad, and he started to struggle with that. I could start to see that he was getting nervous. Well, it turns out he was completely comfortable in the weeds of the technical speak. So I immediately made a shift, and I said, that's all right. I said, no big deal. I said, let's start here. I was like, how does this thing work from the inside out? Uh-huh. And bam, he just started. It was like he had, he was, he had come home. He was just comfortable. Yeah. And it's as soon happen. as he was comfortable, he knew that everything was going to be fine. Then I went back and asked that first question, and I got a great answer. So don't always force – don't have a list of questions and start with one and get down to ten because maybe question ten or question five is the one that they're going to be most comfortable with. So find where they're comfortable, start there, then slowly guide them to where you want you want them to go and uh-huh. get, get the content that you want. So that's right. another thing. I, can I throw something yeah. real quick? It, it, going along with that, I think uh, that leads to – before you even do the shoot – 
before any of that mm-hmm. and make sure scheduling's right so that you as a director Absolutely. have enough time with the person prior yeah. to. Don't, you know, don't back them up sure. to where you want to have 30 minutes with the person. So you have 30 minutes and then the person come next one comes in right after. Yeah. You got to have time for that personality, yep. you know, meet and greet. The other thing is, you know, do your homework, come prepared, know what you're, know the content you're trying to get. Okay. Not just the questions. You should not just be asking questions. You should know in your gut and in your heart the content that you have to walk away with to make the client happy. And if you don't, you are not a director. And those questions are meaningless because there's always one or two pieces of content that that if you don't get them, it's it's all pointless. So uh-huh. you got to know and you got to live and breathe the content. Uh, so that's super important. Um, once you get somebody in the chair, or if you're you're working with somebody and they're still struggling, the other thing that I typically do, and this is a simple trick, and it seems to always work, is you need to reassure people that it's okay. And you just got to let them know that, look, you look great. You sound great. Trust me, I am not going to let you look bad on screen. This is what I get paid to do. Mm -hmm. And really build that trust, really break down their fears. And some of the the easiest things that I do is just take a breath. I mean, you would be amazed what will happen if somebody stops, takes a deep breath, closes their eyes, recenters, that that fixes ninety percent of the problems, mm-hmm. um, and you know it can typically get you what what you need. And so, those are a couple tips, you know, for people that you know if it's specific content you're wanting. A lot of times, you know, the worst thing you can do as a director is to ask a yes or no question. Obviously, don't you know that seems obvious, but not everybody yes knows no. that. Yeah. So, if you're wanting to hear from somebody about the uh, the qualities of a hydration drink, don't say. Um, is this hydration drink uh, good? Yes, it is. Because <laughs> the answer is going to be yes. What well, what you what you could do is really set it up, set them up to tell a story. And so you know, a lot of times what I'll do is I will give them the antidote to work with. So mm-hmm. I'd say, um, I say, you know what? There's some times where you know you've been playing basketball all day. You come off the court, and man, your legs are exhausted. You're cramping, and it's like you just can't quite get quenched. Tell me about your hydration project and how does it how does it finish that story? Good and, story. You and know, now that, they that's already the we thought about this. Project. Now they already have an anecdote. So now they're already saying, well, you know, after a hard days playing basketball, now they're in the story. Yeah. They're already in it. and now they're going to tell that story and attribute their product to it. So yeah. so find stories and if if people don't if they're not telling stories willingly, make up stories and give them stories to tell. And if they don't grab your story, it'll trigger another story. And so you got to lead the way a little bit, and and you got to you got to work work that way. So I always lead lead uh, interviewees and, and say things like, you know, uh, you know, man, you guys you guys had a really great year financially this year, but you know, it's not always been that way. You know, what's been the major difference between this year and last year when it comes to really hitting the mark? Tell me about that. Hmm. Boom! Now I've set up a scenario. I've got a backstory. There's plenty for them to draw from, and I say, tell me about that. Yeah. Those words right there. Tell me about that. Not yes or no. I'm saying, tell me that story. Yeah. I'd like to hear that. What's your version? Gives them a bigger pl- Boom. A sandbox. Yeah. Play. They just yeah. start to they start to go for it. There's a, you know, I've I've noticed just on the DPN being on interview sets. I've done what thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of them. Uh, you run into a lot of self conscious. You know, I'm afraid of the way I look. Yeah. Like you're yeah, talking yeah. about. 
And a simple thing, sometimes we do it, not always because it, it could distract, but sometimes we just turn the monitor around. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even have to say, hey, look at yourself. You just turn it around and then they catch a glimpse and they go, oh, okay. They know what they're yeah, doing. Exactly. I look fine. Oh, whew. Yeah. And then eventually you just turn and it around. And I, on. you know, maybe maybe it's the romantic in me. Maybe I'm a flirt, but I always, um, guys and girls, I make a point to look someone right in the eyes and say, man, You're looking good. you look great. Like you really, or I'll say, or I'll get very specific and say, you know, you have really pretty eyes. Yeah. Just a nice compliment, something that's out of the uh, something that's just like you know what? Hey, oh, I, you know, I really, oh my gosh, those dimples are adorable. I love that. Like, give me that smile later when we start rolling. Yeah, and it just loosens them up and makes them feel valued and 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 all that sort of stuff. So you know, you got to be comfortable complimenting people, sharing your life with people, and yeah. being vulnerable because when you're vulnerable, they will be vulnerable. I'm gonna be a little brutal for a second before we move on. I got one more comment. Go ahead. Okay. Then let me be brutal. My last comment. Yeah. Don't underestimate the power of silence. <laughs> so in the silent moment, yeah, in the silent moment, great things are happening in their minds. We just did an interview with this girl behind the scenes, and I asked her a significant question, and I just sat. I sat and she was, she sat, she sat, she sat and it just, and she just needed that time. And I could have, you know, I could have jumped in. I could have led her with another thing. I just, I just sat and man, her answer was breathtaking. Yeah. And she just needed that moment. So give people the permission to just have their moment. Don't always feel like you got to push into them. Yeah. On the front and the back end. True. Even after they finish their answer and you think it's time to move on. Let it sit. Wait, because they may have something else to say. Um, the brutal part I was going to say is that uh, there's just some people that are not meant to be interviewers. Mm. You, yes. you have to know how to read yes. another human being, uh, be able to be a social chameleon, be able to adapt to mm-hmm. their character. Oh, you're a, a very high bubbly personality? Okay, sure. I got to kind of match you for you to feel confident and comfortable. You're a very soft-spoken individual? Okay, I got to match you for you to feel confident. If you're not able to do that, it may make more sense to invest a little bit and hire or, you know, bump someone up from the ranks to do the interviewing. Sure. And you can just, uh, you know, executive produce from the background yeah. to get your, your sound bites. Well, and not only that, do not be afraid to just say, thank you, we're done. If they're not good, yeah. <laughs> if the writing's on the wall and you're not getting the content, sometimes it's just, it's it's the talent. So mm-hmm. you need to work with your clients and your crew to have a signal I always have a signal with my clients and my crew. Yeah. And if it's we're doing a lot of interviews, I say, look, here's the deal. If this isn't going to work, I'm going to turn around and look to you with a nice little wink and a smile, and I'm going to say, I think we got it. I think we got it. And that's going to be the cue. And we're going to shake hands with the talent. We're going to say, man, you crushed it. Great job. Yep. And they're going to go off, and they're going to feel fine, and they're just not going to make the final cut. Yeah. Simple as that. Easy. Some people aren't interviewed. Some people aren't interviewers. All right. Done. F.P. Murphy. Go ahead. I hope people, I hope this is helpful. I mean, we're answering the questions. Yeah. All right. (laughs) I think it's necessary. Uh, Some of this stuff needs to be said. All right. Come on, guys. What's F.P. Murphy say? Uh, He says, when shooting a corporate spot, what are some things you've done to keep the typical, quote, girl working at a computer or, quote, guy answering the phone and smiling type of shots interesting and less repetitive? Also, is Alex married? (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I mean, corporate video is yeah. you know a lot of the same stuff, right? So it's um, yeah. it's the um, it's the classic shot of the cubicles, you know. So my first inclination is stop shooting corporate videos. So <laughs> that's one. Creative way to do There's it. one. There's one way to stop doing it. I've got a few. The Go ahead. <laughs> Alex has some other ones, but the other one is I would say, don't let it get to that point. Push the client a little harder and say, hey, let's let's shoot something that has more of a narrative. Let's tell more of a story. Let's can we do the same thing by showing this, this, and this versus mm. just showing people in an office. So don't be afraid to push back on creative. On creative, yeah. But if you're forced into a, you know, you're backed into a corner and that's what you have to get. Yes. That's that's what creative calls for. That's what the project is, is is a girl on a computer or a guy, mm-hmm. you know, pouring chemicals into a test tube. Visually, there are a few things that you can do to, to make okay. it interesting for the viewer. One of them, use foreground elements. Shoot through yeah. something. You know, make it, the word cinematic is thrown around a lot, but, you know, layer the shot. Sure. Make it a little more interesting. Uh, shoot it from a, an angle that you typically wouldn't put some movement to it. Sure. So I think the two things to make that shot interesting are shoot through something, either glass or have a foreground element and put some movement to it. Yep. Immediately it's going to be a little more interesting than just, boom, lockdown shot of yep. a chick on a computer. And I think, you know, what Alex is saying, you think through, okay, you know, just take a moment instead of just pointing at the girl at the computer, mm-hmm. take a moment and say, okay, what is my c- composition going to be? C- Compositions composition. are very important. Composition. <laughs> uh, what's in my foreground, middle ground, background? Yeah. Um, what is my angle? Yeah. That tells a lot to the story of what's happening. Um, so that's, that's first off. Waiting. I would, I would start there first. Totally. Then how is it lit now that I, I've settled on a composition? Yeah. How is it lit? And then if it's still not there, do I need to add movement? Uh-huh. You know, I think that a lot of people want to immediately say, oh, that's a jib shot. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be. It no. could be just a lockdown. So start simple. Lock it down. Find a composition or a frame you like. Mm-hmm. Find the lighting you like. If it's still not doing it for you, introduce motion. Will motion give it something extra? Yeah. If motion isn't giving it extra, what do you got after that? But also what type of motion? Side right. to side is one thing, but if right. you're pushing in or pulling away from a right. character, or, that says yes. a completely different emotion. Or jibbing emotion. up and down. Is If you're pushing into a chick on a computer, it's like, oh my God, she found what she was looking for. Sure. If you're pulling out of a chick on a computer... It's, oh, my God, she found something she wasn't supposed to right. find. Two different, completely different emotions. Sure. Right? And don't uh, don't don't forget about the power of the edit. Yeah. Shoot a bunch of different frames knowing that the shot by itself is not interesting. But in a montage or a, uh, a, a, a really cut up moment, now it becomes frenetic and very interesting. A lot totally. of energy. And a lot of things, so when shooting corporate videos, a lot of things I have to consider from a DP standpoint is a lot of the times they add motion graphics. There's a lot of yes. tracking points. Yeah. There's a lower third, there, you know, you got to drop in those business attributes. Yeah. So you have to, you know, leave enough space, you know, communicate with the director, the producer, whoever mm-hmm. that's going to be doing the post on it and say, hey, uh, is this enough space to put your graphic in right. or your whatever? So that may influence a lot of it. You're True. like, we can't have motion because this is a very complex layover right. with graphics. But ultimately, just don't do it. Yeah, if it's not, <laughs> you know, some a lot of times you can't do that. But yeah, anyways, yeah. all right. Cable Williams says, "Great show, guys." Slightly smiling face. Is what that, <laughs> is that a translation? I think so. What next? Question mark. It has been uh, covered before, kinda. 
but I would love to hear stories about weird jobs or how people found jobs in the most odd places. Oh, yeah. Places people might never think to look. Might help us open our eyes to opportunities or markets we never knew existed. Hmm. Weird places. <laughs> odd to places. Find jobs. Don't go in the back alley behind Sunoco. <laughs> That's I've tried that. There's no jobs yeah. there. You know. Um, there's needles. You don't want hmm. that. I would say keep your ears open. It's less about what? What'd you say? Yeah. It's less about um, odd places, but it's more about sort of unexpected circumstances. Hmm. You know, when you're in line at the gas station, when you're waiting at why would you be <laughs> why would of you be, Why would you be in line at the gas station? <laughs> Sorry. John, I've got this great video project. <laughs> but first let me get the pack of Marlboro Reds. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is is you could be somewhere, uh, you know, you could be in a in an elevator at a hotel and you say something as simple as how you doing? <laughs> Somebody's like, "Oh, you know, it's good. You know, just had a crazy day." "Oh, yeah, you here for business?" "Yeah, I'm with so and so." "Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, we just did a project like this for such and such." Oh, wait, what do you do? Oh, what, I make videos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, Oh, wait, we have some video yeah, needs. Yeah, and so there you go. In, in, a, in an odd place, like an elevator or wherever, you find you know a potential lead or a job because you, you had your ears open. Uh, yeah, I think, okay, so one caveat to this entire question. It depends on what you do. Yeah, that's true. Are you a small business owner? Do you own your own company? Are right. you a cinematographer? Are you a director? Are you a grip? Blah, sure. blah, blah, blah. You got to go to those people that are going to hire you. So if you're a if you own the company, you got to right. get the clients. Yeah. If you're a DP like me, you got to go to the production companies. True. Actually, if you're any below the line position, you got to go to the production companies. Right. So anybody Well, 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 well. Huh. Like ACs and below the line. But what I'm saying is yeah. is they're going to get hired by by the DP. The DP a lot of times or you know what I mean like Yeah, find your find your find your your people. Your direct um overlord. <laughs> Your direct production does, overlord. Does that make me your direct overlord? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I yes. Bow, I bow to the yes. Sir Brandon. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm just waiting to get knighted, dude. <laughs> waiting to get knighted. Um, so, yeah, find that person that is going to hire you. Approach them. Approach a thousand of them. Sure. Play the game of numbers. Yeah. You approach a thousand people. You might get hired by one yeah. or two or three. And don't be a, don't be an idiot. Yeah, true. We're being brutal today, but right. yeah. Justin or just fine thank you again says Ooh, uh we got I, multiples by just fine I, thank you. I want uh to network with more local filmmakers. How in the fuck Whoa <laughs> quote, that's what he said. <laughs> do I do that? Yeah. LOL. I want to hang out with people who don't think that buying an Ursa Mini is a giant waste of money because quote you can shoot 4K on your iPhone. You can, though. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what, the iPhone does, does look best? good. It does I look know. nice. I'm, um, some of the stills on my iPhone Finding local Bad. filmmakers. Well, here's the thing. Let's define filmmaker, okay? Uh, at FDB, in, in our Slack group, we define a filmmaker <laughs> as someone one. who gets paid to do the art of filmmaking for for a living or who who is this is their livelihood yeah there are a lot of filmmakers who are dreamers and amateurs and entrepreneurs who are making films with their iphone or whatever they can get their hands on all the time yeah and a lot of 
city and local groups will have, you know, film groups on Facebook and, you know, people saying, come, you know, work my film this weekend. And there are definitely people with a lot of passion, but maybe not a lot of experience or um, real world uh, knowledge. Yeah. True? Was that, was that harsh or was that? No, true. In I'm a not gener- trying to be an elitist. What I'm saying is in a general sense, there are the rare occasions where you have someone shoot a film on an iPhone and it goes on to win Sundance, uh, you know, or situations like that. So, But there's some people who yeah. choose to do that for kind of gimmicky reasons. Totally. Like uh, whatever the Rolls Royce or whoever the car company was. Yeah. Let's shoot it on an iPad with really nice lenses and really nice rigs and <laughs> adapter know. and everything. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, no, I think yeah. W- wherever you're at, you know, whatever city you're in, you're you're gonna have a filmmaking group on Facebook that meets up once a month or twice monthly. They show their films. They but again, like Brandon said, they may not be working filmmakers. They may yeah. be. Uh, have aspirations to be a working filmmaker. Uh, but it, how do you kind of separate the, again, in a harsh right. sense, the wannabes from the do's? Sure. You know what I mean? Well, and a, a lot of it has to do with just, you know, your typical industry places. So, you know, people on set at, at, at your local sound stages, your rental houses, you know, those type of things. Like those are, they work. You know, you're, you're, you're working with people. So, um, you know, find out how to get deeper into those networks. Yeah. Um, and connect and, you know, and and learn fast when you're with people who, um, you know, maybe aren't as, I don't know, exper- yeah. experienced or. There's a, okay. So here's just a, a really fun fact. The Internet is an amazing place. Yeah. You can go on to Facebook. Uh, you can Google, you know, filmmaking groups in my area, but even national. So there are a few people out there uh, on Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, that have great communities if you're a working filmmaker okay there's there's a dude that i've written a blog post for we communicate all the time evan borsier or borsier i don't know exactly how you say his last name borsier uh he runs a thing called the super secret film group it's a private uh invite only kind of he like like our slack group he vets you he Mm. decides whether or not you're a working filmmaker but once you get into that those type of groups, you are connected immediately with people that share the same passion, that are taking it as seriously as you are. Right. And then you can reach out and say, hey, who the fuck's in Minnesota? Let's meet up and actually you know, start something or wherever you're at. So it's find the groups that actually contain people that are doing what you want to do and connect that way. Yeah. They don't have to be local, you know? Yeah, man. I think that was a good answer. Yeah. The What's, internet. Uh, I don't know. The what internet. What does uh, D car <laughs> D car say? D Carstens. D Carstens. D or D Carstens. I don't know. Or D cars tens. Could be. Or D cars ten s. <laughs> says uh, discuss pet peeves on set. Mine are people who have conversations and thoroughfares in which crew are trying to lead equipment through. Totally gets you. Usual suspects are green PAs and producers clients. I'm not allowed to yell at. That's an issue. Mm. What I, are you, okay, as yeah, a director, let's do this breakdown by position. As a director, what are your pet peeves? Oh, man. Dude. Yeah. I hate it when... <laughs> I hate it when crew, like... The DP. One, two, three, <laughs> four, like your main people. Yeah. When you're on set and the set's hot and you're working with talent and they're 
off to the side talking. Or on their phone. And you're like, hey, I need, you know, turn on that fan or give me more wind or, you know, whatever. And then, like, somebody should just be there. Yeah. They should just be there and it should just happen. Uh Because here's the thing. From my point of view, like, there's a short window of when somebody might give you the gold. Totally. And if you can't get it and technical difficulties are keeping you from capturing the gold, that's frustrating. I got a text from the in the booth. Producer Frank. <laughs> the producer Frank says Full transparency here. He texts us right in the middle of the show and he says, Guys, more energy when reading the questions. You guys sound bored. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't I'm not bored. I'm like two bourbons deep. Yeah. I'm feeling good right now. I'm relaxed. I'm chilling. You're seeing sounding sleepy though. So all right, well I'm s i am apologize <laughs> to the listeners. If Wake I, up! If I sounded sleepy, I'm sorry. I'm not disinterested. Yeah. Disinterested. I'm just I'm feeling good. Mm, okay. All, All right. right. All right. Well, we were so talking about pet, pet peeves. peeves. You were talking about uh, the small amount of time that you have to get a performance and when the crew is uh, not doing what they're supposed to. Sure. They're talking about the last shoot they were on or whatever. For sure. They're on their phones. They're checking yeah. out whatever. They're tweeting the camera package. Tweeting the camera package. Yeah. Well, actually, it's Instagram, but I get, yeah, where, yeah. You're I get where you're going. I know who you're pointing a finger at. <laughs> I feel you. I feel your finger pointing at me. Um, What are my pet peeves? I don't even know. What are my pet peeves? When we are set for lighting as a DP, when we're fully set, we're ready to go, and we don't start shooting mm. because of whatever reason. Typically, a client is tweaking something. Totally. Or yeah, when a client I get that. is looking at an uncalibrated monitor mm-hmm. or has no idea of where, oh, yeah, that's where, a pet peeve. where the grade's going to go, and then they <laughs> Un- come over and yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Um, this looks a little dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> I want it to be dark. And second of all, this is a very crunchy grade yeah, yeah. in camera. Yeah, uneducated clients is a pet peeve. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that... Um, By the way, that's my really typical pet client peeves. impersonation. <laughs> this I, looks a little yeah. dark. <laughs> I don't have any other pet peeves, though. No? I mean, as long as I have my cherry nibs. Oh, my God. Brandon loves cherry nibs. That's my, Twizzlers, cherry no, nibs. Yeah, cherry which nibs. Are the discarded portions of an actual Twizzler. Yes. That have been melted and combined They're into a, a half blob. Like a of, half rope, not even a full circle. No. It's just a- Oh, they're great. It's, it's chemical waste. So that amazing. you're putting into your it's body. amazing. <laughs> Cherry flavored so, chemical waste. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have any pet peeves. I don't think. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think oh, your pet I, peeve starts as I've soon got as prep's other, done. I've got one other pet peeve. <laughs> yeah, one other pet peeve would be. Yeah. Um, anyone on set who is like just talking too much to the client. Oh my god. So someone who just decides all of a sudden they're going to make small talk with the client. And it's not their position. And it's not their role. Yeah. I hate that. Like a PA or an AC or whoever. Actually, I have another one. I have actually a big one that I don't know why I didn't bring this up first. Uh, And it's happened. You've noticed this happened a couple times. So I'm a young lad. Mm -hmm. I'm a youthful looking human being. Yes. Sometimes we step on set and there is a visible from whatever 40, 50-year-old. Age gap. Ga- gaffer, key grip. That There's kind of a, oh, 
Hey, chap. What are we doing today, boy? That's considered age discrimination. Age discrimination. Yeah. And but not idea. because of you're you're too old, but because you look too, too young. young. Yeah, they think yeah. I'm too young or inexperienced. And so yeah. based on my looking young, they think that I am therefore inexperienced. And usually it takes one or two setups. And yeah. then everyone's when they like, realize oh, shit. you're yeah. like, oh, you're dope. Yeah. yeah, you know what you're doing. Uh, but that's a huge pet peeve. And it's something that I, I uh, f- almost fear at the yeah. beginning of any set where I haven't, any project where I haven't worked with the crew before. If it's a local crew right. in another state, another city, I'm like, oh, God, we got to go through yes. this again. And I have to prove myself, you know, to some dude that's been around for 40 years. Right. But I know it's going to be fine after the first setup. It's just annoying. Agreed. I think it's a definition of a pet peeve. That's annoying. That's annoying. Yeah. Uh, L.A. Film, he says, also, I'm feeling left out. Uh, you missed the first part, buddy. Oh, sorry. Uh, upcoming Star Trek Discovery for Alex. What does that mean? Yes! I don't know what that means. Star Trek Discovery is a new series. Oh, gotcha. Star Trek series. Gotcha. Sci-fi. Sure, of course. You know, Prosper. Can't wait to see Prosper. it. Awesome. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, it, looks, it looks good. But anyway, looks L.A. Film glossy. says, also, wait, I need to read this more with more energy. Yeah. Sorry. You boring as L.A. Film. He says, also, I'm feeling left out using my GH4s and not a big boy camera like the cool kids. Maybe I'm feeling better about my choices or not. <laughs> How was that, Frank? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you dick. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, that was all a bit, guys. It's a bit. But you also misread it. <laughs> anyway. All right, you read it. No. You just read it. Uh, okay, so you're feel, feeling left out about using your GH4 and not a big boy camera. So can we define what a big boy yeah. camera is first? I guess I guess an, a, an Aerie, an Alexa, Alexa or a Red, Red Weapon. Or a, Something like that. So big boy. A camera that n- most people don't own. Or can't That's a big boy afford. camera. Gotcha. A rental only most of the yeah, time. Or, or something that's you know pretty pretty expensive. By the way, he's saying make me feel better about sure. my choices. Yeah, yeah, okay. Or not. Well, I'll, I'll, make, or not. You, I'll make you feel better. I just, I just filmed an entire project <clears throat> on an Osmo. It's like what, a $400 camera, $300 camera? Osmo handheld. What's the Osmo go for? Does anybody know? Somebody look that up. Sorry, I was trying to let the silence Sorry. play, like you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not a lot. I mean, it's a drone camera on a handheld gimbal, like a stick. You hold a stick, and it uh, smooths out your footage. Um, yeah. What I have to say, okay, so GH4 is not a bad camera, and there have been amazing projects shot on the GH4. Sorry, the Osmo goes for five sixty nine in Best Buy. It's nothing. That's nothing. That's, I mean, that's... That's nothing. And it looked great. Stuff looked that's great. That's an operator day rate. So one right. day and you can afford it. Yeah. Um, but there have been amazing projects shot on all sorts of cameras. Somebody on Slack uh, replied to this thread that I started based on this comment. And they were like, Roger Deakins with a Super 8 millimeter camera could do a better job than me with a, you know, name whatever high-end sure. camera you want. Totally true. It's not always about... The equipment, it's about who's manning the equipment. It's about the story. Yeah, but with we've said this time and time again on the show. It's yeah. not about the camera. It's about the light. Well, that in the content. Because an Aerie Alexa in a room full of darkness 
terrible. Is not really worth the money. I've seen some horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible Alexa footage. Terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible Alexa yeah. footage. But I've seen some amazing, like A7S, GH4. Sure. iPhone. 5D Mark IV, iPhone. Galaxy. Whatever. Yeah. Name your low-end, quote, small boy yep. camera. Small child camera. Is that what you want to call it? Big boy, small boy? Mm-hmm. Um. It's about the content. It's about the light. It's about how you know your camera system. Whatever you have, put the time and the effort into learning everything about it and use it to like its fullest extent. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I I wouldn't feel bad at all. I think, you know, those cameras are great. If you know how to light, focus on the story, focus on the lighting, and you're going to get great content. I mean, to me, I've kind of, you know, obviously I'm now in the 4K uh group with my c300 but welcome to the big leagues yeah i you know it's a pain in the ass (laughs) it's just so much more data i gotta manage Uh, and no one cares because it's still going to the same outlet on the internet here's a funny story 12 or uh 1920 i shot a uh a hot dog commercial recently in 8k (laughs) of course you did (laughs) those hot dogs were so detailed oh wow you don't even know, yeah, dude. You, 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 don't, would, you don't even know. No one needs hot dogs to be detailed. God, you could zoom in so Jeez. far. You could see the bubbles on the hot dog, on the grill. <laughs> Ugh. No, you don't need it. Yeah. So <laughs> I did it to test. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, I think, it's all about the know, content, yeah. right? Make, make cool stuff, and everybody will say, oh, man, I want to shoot this on a GH4. Solely based on the fact that the <laughs> actual script was good. Right. Right? You make a good movie- Shot on whatever, because the movie's good. Right. Somebody's people go, ah, I got to shoot it on the whatever now. Right. You know, exactly. Who cares? I, All the, right. The older I get and the less young looking I get, yeah. the less age discrimination there is, I right. <laughs> tend to focus on story. Yeah. And I don't, I clearly don't care yeah. about anything. Obviously. Not even these questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Uh, they're, you know, I wish we were doing these live. What again. time is it, dude? I feel like we've been here for three hours. I think we need to wrap this show up. Four a.m. the next morning. We got to wrap this up. Um, Anything else you want to add to this show? It's been a good show. It's been nice catching up. It's been good. Uh, yeah, there's a, a huge. We thing. we've been on for almost two hours. No, it's four forty. Yeah, I got here way late. Oh, Brosive. like three thirty. Yeah. Uh, How long has this been going on, Frank? <laughs> been going on that says 21 minutes plus one an hour and 21 minutes oh wow wow we're killing it Jeez. all right uh yeah one thing you asked me if i there's one thing yeah it's your one last th- thing one thing i want to add it's about the sound now thank you to everybody that submitted questions uh we we really do appreciate uh, everything that you guys add to the show, the show is all about you. Without you guys, we literally would have nothing to talk about. So thank you to all of our listeners. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I want to add. That's great. Yes, uh, we'd love a uh, rate and review us on iTunes if you've made it this far. God, you um, just go for the ask right away. Yeah, you have oh, to. man. You have to. Uh. And uh, you guys have a great, great weekend. I will see you later. I'm going on vacation. Cool. Well, I'm going to... Uh, Host the FTV meetup in LA while you're gone. So we'll find. Stay tuned for that. Be that way. All right, bro. See ya. Peace. This podcast was recorded live at Sound Images Studio. Find out more at soundimages.com.